Glory to God. You are welcome once again to this podcast, The Fountain of Life. We are taking a break for a couple of weeks, but we are back. Glory to God. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and you have incredible testimonies for me. In case you'd like to get in touch, please send an email, fountain.life12 at gmail.com and indeed we shall respond to you. Hallelujah. I'd like to start with a story that was told uh, to us about seven, eight years ago while I was in church. There is a man of God who visited and was telling us about his life in ministry and some of the things that he had to go through to strengthen him, to make him uh, who he is now as a minister. He told us of a story of when he was uh, admitted at the university, how he fell for this lovely young lady. And of course they dated, got married, and served the Lord together. And the path that they were taking was only meant to please our Lord and Savior. And later on, when they managed to get children, they raised the children the right way, the godly way. Because for them they thought, and they knew indeed, that there is no other life but Jesus, which is the truth. When one of their sons was 16, he had an accident and died. Now this put them in a very tricky position because as a family they were very distraught and gutted at what had happened. So at that time, this man of God, uh, he said that that's when he realized that there is a very thin line between life and death and a very thin line between love and hate. And he didn't know what to do. And many times he asked himself a question like, did he do something wrong? And what was it that his son had done that brought about his premature demise? And it became so hard for him to serve the Lord and tell people some of the promises that had been given unto them because of what had happened to him. It was a very difficult moment for him and several things kept on playing in his mind and he didn't know how to overcome them. But we know our Lord is gracious and he managed to comfort him and he stood on his feet and continued ministering. You see, the scripture tells us in Exodus chapter 23, verse 20, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Hallelujah. So he could have probably asked himself, where was this angel to guide his son? Mm -hmm. Verse 25 tells us, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Verse 26, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. But of course it's clear, this young man never fulfilled the number of his days. So you ask yourself, why is it that there are certain things that happened and humanly speaking, there are no explanations. 
because we know for a fact when we make certain decisions they are either going to bring us into the Zoe kind of life or take us the other side because the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 I call heaven and earth as witnesses to death against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and curses therefore choose life that you and your seed may live now can we say that this young man chose death of course not he chose life and his father had chosen life for him but this particular scenario happened and they were put in a state of quagmire. They didn't know what to do. And many times in the natural and the people around us, in our surroundings, when something bad happens, many times people say that God allowed it or it was the Lord's decision. But God does not come to torment us. We know who the enemy is. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. This was our Lord Jesus Christ speaking. So if indeed the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world that you may have life, how is it possible that we see some of these things happening and us having an evil report? The world as is has continued to draw us away from the Lord. And if we do not stand firm, there are certain things that happen to us that can easily make us crumble. And thank God that this man of God stood firm and went unto the Lord and told him, regardless of what has happened, you are God. Because you are faithful and your mercies endure forever. And that is why up to this day he's still in ministry. Glory to God. And when we look around us, there are many people who have gotten temporary distractions or certain things that have come before them and those particular experiences have pushed them away from the Lord. But before even they make some of this, these decisions, have they ever stood or sat down and looked at some of the wonderful things that the Lord had done in their lives? Because there are testimonies that we've had that we stick to, that we hold so dearly, and those are the ones that sh show us the strength and the goodness of our Lord, knowing that indeed he will never leave us, or forsake us. That everything that is happening around us is only temporal but the end is sure. Because you see even if uh, someone was born a certain way there is always a sure end that the Lord intended. Because the Lord knows us by a certain name. That's why when you check a scripture like uh, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43, uh, verse 7, which says, 
everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Glory to God. So whether the person is blind, lame, they are created for the glory of God. That's why in John chapter 9, there was this blind man who was born blind. The scripture tells us from verse 1, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated saint. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Glory to God. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Glory to God. So you can imagine, this is a gentleman who was born blind. Never had this in the world. But he was in that situation. So that the works of God should be revealed. That means there are certain things that we go through or certain situations that we've seen other people go through, but they're supposed to be temporal so that the glory of God or the works of God are revealed. Because you see, the world as is, there is no one who will not suffer tribulation in one way or another. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, that we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but he was in all ways tempted as we are yet without sin. That means for everything that we go through or every burden that we go through, the Lord Jesus Christ is touched by them. But, if, but even then, he's going to pull us out of that situation. Because having been in this world, he knows the kind of temptations, he knows some of the things that we go through. There is no mountain that cannot be leveled by our Lord Jesus Christ. And many times when we look at certain things that are happening around us, we want to limit God, but we cannot limit God. And because maybe we have never seen something happen before our eyes, we think it is impossible. How about the children uh, of Israel who, when they were moving to the promised land, who kept on seeing miracle after miracle, some of the things that they had never seen. And there is a reason why these things are written for us, that we may be in position to hold on unto the truth of our Lord, knowing that indeed this, the fact that he did some of these things for them, he will do even uh, greater things for us. The scripture tells us in Psalms 
uh, chapter 105, uh, verse uh, 41. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It ran in the dry places like a river. Hallelujah. So you can imagine water coming out of a rock just like that. And it was like a river. <laughs> this is the same scripture that is referenced in Isaiah 48, verse 21. Like you see, there are certain things that happen before us and we sit down and wonder whether the Lord actually exists. But he does. And regardless of what you're going through, the Lord is there with you. So you wonder, why is this person maybe born this way? Why do these people maybe have Siamese twins? Why are these people in abject poverty? So that the glory of God is revealed. For as long as you hold on firmly unto the Lord, there is no situation that is going to remain permanent. The Lord is going to come and elevate you. Because you might ask yourself, okay, what was it about Abraham and Sarah? Faith. Faith. That is the only reason why they were able to get this, the son of promise, Isaac. Genesis 25. Uh, Genesis 25 tells us the story of Isaac as well when he was faced with a similar predicament. Uh, Isaac got married at the age of 40 and for a number of years he failed to have children. The scripture tells us uh, in Genesis 25, verse 21. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Glory to God. So you can imagine, by the time she conceived, Isaac had been with, uh, with Rebekah for 20 years. For 20 years. So at the time, Isaac was 60 years old. But some of us, especially in times like this, we go through something for two, three weeks, and we feel like it's too much. We cannot bear it anymore. And we throw tantrums and ask where God is. Then for others, we even go around cursing God, how we've served him. everything that happens is for the glory of the Lord. That is why at a certain point we go and say Ebenezer. Because indeed thus far the Lord has brought us. How are we going to testify of the goodness of the Lord if we do not have a journey? If we do not have a story to tell? The fact that the scripture tells us that the Lord has set before us life and death, blessings and curses, therefore choose life. 
regardless of the things that are happening around us that are contrary, we know that we've chosen life, so we are looking at the end. These things cannot squeeze us into death. We continue walking, taking every stride, looking at the end result, which is the Zoe kind of life. Amen? So we hold on, we continue pushing until we see the result that we desire. So when we find our situ- uh, ourselves in situations that seemingly are unbearable, we look unto the Father because He is faithful. And you see, when the scripture tells us to hold on unto the profession of our faith, many times, like, we are going to say something, but it's, it's just on our mind. But we haven't really let it consume us so much that it is a part of us, that we are one with that word. We cannot allow certain things to push us to the wall. We cannot allow certain situations make us forget the promises of God. It's only through the name of Jesus that we're going to be saved. We know that everything that has in him must bow down to the name of Jesus Christ. But how come the children of God are having the same results with people of the world? And for some people, the children of the world are even seemingly more successful. How is it possible? So when something bad happens to you, but you look across and there's someone who is purely in the world, they are chilling, having their best life. I remember the story of Kenneth again, uh, that he talks about how he was born with uh, uh, with a sick heart, and he had an incurable uh, blood uh, disease. So, uh, from a very young age, he struggled to have a normal childhood. He was always sickly, and, and, and at a certain point, that made him very bitter because he didn't have uh, uh, the chance to, to, to enjoy his childhood. So, sometimes he would look across and see kids playing around and running, and that made him full of hate and he wondered what was it about him what was it about him that the Lord made him that way and he talks about how at the age of 15 he was hospitalized for for almost 18 months he was in hospital and that is where he found the Lord And when he came out of that place, standing on a scripture, Mark 11, 22, standing on that scripture, he managed to transform the world. And he started the faith movement that we talk about because many people refer to him as uh, the pioneer of faith. scripture tells us in Mark 11 23 so Jesus answered and said to them have faith in God 
For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. He stuck to the portion of that scripture. He was healed of that incurable disease, and no time did he ever go back to hospital that he was sick. Why would he be admitted again? The Lord healed him. So can we say, can we say that he had chosen to be that way when he was young? No. But everything that had happened unto him earlier on was to bring glory to the Lord. The Lord who heals us. Hallelujah. I know many of us have found ourselves in situations that are beyond us and you wonder why is it me that is in this situation? Why is it my child? Or why, why is it my dad? Or whosoever. But one thing that I can tell you is the Lord hasn't forgotten about you. No, he hasn't. There's a reason why some of these people have gone before us and gone through some of these things and there's a reason why certain examples are given to us in the Bible things that are supposed to make us firm knowing that the Lord is faithful things that are supposed to make us realize who we are when we hold on to the promises of God that's why when you look at the scripture in 2nd Kings chapter 4 the story of the Shunammite woman who decided to take care of the man of God Elisha uh, let me, let me uh, get the portion of the scripture so uh, from verse uh, 8 Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8 now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a noble woman and she persuaded him to eat some food so it was as often as he passed by he would turn in there to eat some food and she said to her husband look now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us he can turn it there and it happened one day that he came there and he turned in to the upper room and laid down there then he said to Gehazi his servant call this Shunammite woman uh, when he had called her she stood before him and he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with, with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, What then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. So he said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. 
Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. So the story tells us how this woman got a son and uh, the son grew and fulfilled as the prophet had uh, talked, ab uh, uh, talked about uh, it. But uh, th there was a time where the boy was playing and he started feeling headache. And he went and sat next to his father. Then the father told the servants, you know what, take this boy to the mother. So the boy was taken to the mother and was lying on her laps, then he died. The boy died. What would the woman have thought? Wow, God has mocked me. Why would you give me a son? Then he dies. But she didn't do that. She carried the boy and took him to, <laughs> to a bed. And she placed him there and went to the husband and requested to get a donkey to go and look for the man of God, Elisha. Like then the man of uh, the, then then uh, the husband asked her, "Why do you want to trouble the man of God? Is it uh, a Sabbath or a new moon?" And so forth. And she just told the husband, "It shall be well." She never even told the husband that the boy was dead. To cut the long story short, she went, got Elisha. They came. Even when Elisha by the first asked her, "Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the boy?" She just said, "It is well." She never at any one time said that the boy was dead. But she stood unto the word until the boy was brought back to life. How many things in our lives are dead? And how many things do not make sense in our lives? How often do we stand tall until we see these things revived. Because the thing is, all these stories can be nice. Okay? And we can go around saying, okay, these things are in the Bible. It's because many of us judge God on what he has done before rather than what he's able to do. But we cannot continuously turn back and tempt God and limit the Holy One. Because that is exactly what the children of Israel did. We cannot turn back and tempt God and limit him. He is the all-knowing God. He is the all-powerful God. What is so hard for him? What is so hard for him? While it's good to quote testimonies that have happened to other people and talk about what the Lord has done for other people, have we ever thought that we are also partakers of this grace. Why should we continuously talk about the goodness in the lives of other people? How about us? Uh -huh. We are supposed to enter into this place. That's why the scripture, the psalmist tells us, test and see that the Lord is good. We have to test the Lord. 
because indeed is good. And these things are not for special people. They are for us, children of God. It's our time to arise. It's our time to have testimonies. Psalms 126, from verse 1, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Hallelujah. The, his, the, uh, there is a people who will look at you and know that indeed you couldn't have come out of this if it wasn't for the Lord. That should be your portion. Where are your testimonies? Even draw other people to the Lord. They're like, come and see. But the challenge is, many times, <laughs> when certain things happen to us, we are quick to get solutions. And sometimes we short-circuit our miracle or even delay it. You can imagine. You can imagine. I'm reminded about a story uh, uh, in Genesis. Uh, in Genesis uh, uh, chapter 30 about uh, Jacob who had two wives, Leah and Rachel. So of course we knew that Leah was giving birth and Rachel was uh, okay well, she was barren. Her womb had been closed. So the scripture tells us from verse 1, now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was aroused uh, against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? So she said, Here is my maid, Bilhah. Go in to her, and she will bear a child on my knees, that I also may have children by her. Then she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as wife, and Jacob went into her, and Bill her conceived and bore Jacob a son. Of course, the scripture tells us uh, how uh, Bill her had uh, uh, this son uh, Dan, then had another son, Naphtali, and so forth and so forth. Of course, later on, Rachel had Joseph and, uh, and, and Benjamin. But you see, okay, the reason why I wanted to read that portion of scripture, she sought uh, a solution. Okay? She sought a solution. But what if she had kind of first held on? Lord, I believe you're faithful. Because you can imagine, uh, she knew, okay, that uh, Isaac had prayed to the Lord. And the womb of the womb of uh, Rebecca was opened. But here she comes and she's telling Jacob, give me a son or I die. And many times we find ourselves also in these situations where something is happening to you and you don't know how to uh, come out of it. So you come and threaten God or, th or threaten whoever or even get another solution. Let, let me say you believe in God for finances. But when you start feeling the heat, you actually call someone to bail you out. 
But a time has come for us, the children of God, to be differentiated from those of the world. A time has come for us to stand tall and be different. Because our portion is victory. We are not supposed to suffer the fate of the world. We are not supposed to be a part of statistics that reveal negativity. No. This is our time to arise, and I want that to be your portion. Regardless of the situation that you are going through, remember that the Lord has chosen you. The Lord has placed you on a certain throne. And the Lord looks at you as someone who is without spot. The Lord looks at you as someone who is glorious. That's why the scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8 from verse uh, 29. The scripture tells us uh, 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 Hold on. The scripture tells us let me just uh, let, let me just get it here. Romans chapter chapter eight verse okay uh, twenty nine. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified. These he also glorified. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. If God be for us, who can be against us? So regardless of the situation, arise and know that indeed God is for you. And there is nothing that can bring you down. Hallelujah. May that be your portion. And draw from the strength that has been given unto you by the Lord. Because indeed, his word is sure and is not man that he will lie. He who promised you was faithful, is faithful, and will forever be faithful. Regardless of the test, just be sure that indeed it's going to be a testimony. And you'll see people come unto you singing praises and laughing with you because they have seen the hand of God that is upon you. May that be your portion for the rest of your life. God bless you. Shalom.